and welcome to the Nano Blitz. I'm one of your hosts, Nate. And I am Tim. Uh, good morning or good day, afternoon. Good I, day, I don't sir. know what Truman says in the Truman Show, but um, whatever day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. That's it. Uh, but it's National Donut Day today. Yes, it is. Um, which is also the celebration of uh, Madden's birthday, surprisingly. Uh, not John Madden. That's April 10th. Of I believe 1936, if I remember correctly, um, a national treasure. But um, this day in 1988 um, was the introduction of Madden. So that would be what uh, it's May 31st, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, June, uh, yeah, May 31st. No, no, it's June 1st. Is it June 1st? Yeah. See, today's June 1st. See? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, golly, that's. A long time for Madden. So, um, 30th birthday, I guess. Yeah, so when we've been saying this game's been in development for 30 years, it literally has been in development for 30 years. Yeah. Um, so, uh, kind of talking about that and everything, uh, I guess let's talk about a little bit of, uh, well, you know, like what... what maybe Madden 19 has a little bit. Um, that's what we're hoping to kind of talk about a little bit of the, the staffing changes uh, that are that are kind of going on. Um, I think I'm looking at my notes correctly. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, no, there's a lot there's a lot going on at Madden, you know, after 30 years. It, things are going to change from year to year, and uh, we're looking at, we had a bunch of staffing announcement changes. And you and I were originally going to record this couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. when the only staffing change we knew was Rex and we didn't have any details about what was going to be in Madden 19 so I'm really glad that we didn't get to record I wasn't happy about the events that led to us not recording that, that was an interesting day yeah yeah <laughs> flat tires and missing cables and all all the like um, but we have a lot more understanding of who's going to be doing what out there at uh, EA Tiburon and uh, some of that stuff is leading us to understand what is going to be in future Maddens. Or hope, maybe. You know, it's, yeah, it it's gives a lot us, of speculation. But, yeah, it know. gives us something to speculate about. Yeah. You know. But uh, the big ones we already mentioned, Rex left. Rex has been the creative director since Madden 13. Um, he was a guy that a lot of people loved and a lot of people hated. And a lot of people loved and hated at the same time. Um but his, his whole thing, he always talked about gameplay. He always talked about uh, sim experience for, for the players. He wanted the, the, the play on the field to feel authentic to the NFL, which I think we all appreciated. He was very active on Twitter. He was very vocal. Mm-hmm. He responded to people. There are some people out there saying, oh, yeah, he blocked me. All I did was say that his game was garbage. Well, well you know, that's not productive feedback, and <laughs> a guy can only take so much, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, regardless of what you thought about Rex, he, he took the time to read your tweet before he blocked you, right? Yeah. And a lot of people aren't even doing that in the video game industry, or in a lot of industries for that matter. So he really did try to interact with the, the player base, interact with the community, and try to make it feel smaller than it was, mm-hmm. um, which I applaud him for. I, I, as a person, I always like Rex. Yeah, yeah, and he's doing a lot of inspirational quotes now on his Twitter. I I've, I've, I still follow him and everything because yeah. you know um, he he still he he wants the best for I guess the Madden franchise, um, not 
franchise, but you know the Madden uh, as it is, you know the game, um, that kind of thing. But um, you know, it, it's kind of interesting to kind of see him kind of go back and forth with some of his former coworkers and you know yeah. and whatnot. But also, it, it looks like he still wants to be involved in the community aspect of it because he still wants to support the game. Absolutely, and beyond that. You can see he's talking to these people like they're his friends. Yeah. And that's that's a unique thing that not everybody can pull off. And I think Rex managed to make some friends with a lot of the people that he was making this game for. And that's a that's a feat. So, you know, I think you know, not to speak for Nate, but I think we wish Rex the best. We hope that he's very successful wherever he goes. We hope he's enjoying that. I think he's in Colorado, enjoying that Colorado air. Well, I know that his, you know, his new software company is based in there. Whether or not he's in Colorado, I, I haven't really caught up on that. Um, but uh, yeah. But yeah. So hats off to Rex. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and yeah, he's gone. So then the question was who's going to be the creative director. And we didn't know, we didn't know, we didn't know. We actually got other announcements before that. So uh, uh, it now has been announced, though, I think unofficially. It got leaked. I think it's supposed to be announced at EA Play, but Forbes has reported it. Polygon has reported it. That Michael Young is going to be the new creative director for Madden, uh, which is interesting because he technically already was a creative director for Madden. Yeah. Um, But they are unifying all of their creative director roles into one role. And uh, he was the creative director for Longshot. So for the last three years, he's been working on Longshot for Madden. Um, It doesn't look like we're getting Longshot 2 in Madden 19, which is fine. Um, Yay. I'm actually kind of, you know, I I played a little bit of, you know, my wife's experience on that. Right. Um, And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm done. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Didn't really teach me anything, but it was cool while it lasted. But the question becomes then, what does he bring from his experience as creative director over Longshot to the creative director as the creative director now over Madden fully? Yeah, Um, and I think I think that's a good question. Um, He clearly knows how to make a quality product. He Longshot was good, whether you liked it or not, it was good. And I think we can all look at it and say, this was a complete experience. Did it do everything right? No, but no game does. Um, so how does that impact the rest of Madden? How does his experience in Longshot play into CFM? I think it's way too lofty to say, oh, well, maybe we're going to finally get like a really good, you know, career mode because he's going to incorporate Longshot into that. And I really doubt that's going to be the case. At least not right away. I mean, you're talking about five years. I mean, it took him, what, three years to do the the Longshot alone right there. I mean, that's... That's just a cinematic thing, you know, story, right? Yeah. Well, if you were to make more of that, that's going to take longer if you're going to try to get it right. It's not like you can create a bunch of cinematics for a career experience for a video game in only one year when you're doing it. It's not like there's a company out there that makes a sports game that comes out every year that has a really robust career mode that has lots and lots of cutscenes in it. it nothing like that exists does it there's no joint like that oh i see what you did there yeah <laughs> but you know what i think we all knew that that spike lee joint with nba 2k was a bust 
because it it was so focused on the story it took you out of the gameplay um and long shot the same way long shot was very story based you didn't do a lot of good gameplay quality sports gameplay yeah. in that mode you know i would hate to see them trying to marry that to a madden career mode you know but nba 2k does have a lot of just regular cutscenes that play throughout the throughout the career mode honestly most of them are terrible like i don't i don't like 2k's writing i i'm not a big fan of the writing either on it but but michael young yeah. did great writing mm-hmm. you know i know he co i believe he co-wrote it but he was one of the the he's the big proponents of of the story behind long shot and it was good it won awards like it was good, so, so yeah. maybe we'll see some improvement around some of those presentation things in the near future. Maybe a little bit closer to where we are now. Um, better stories around draft picks. Better stories in the newspapers and the I, Twitter feeds. I want more Doug Mertens. You know, Trey Wingo talking about Doug Mertens and his fear of clowns and cross-eyed. <laughs> um, yeah, all all in one package right there. Um, we're, we're <laughs> referencing what, uh, what was that three years ago? Uh, for, Oh no, <laughs> that longer. Was like, that was Madden 13. Uh, golly. Yeah. Um, cause yeah. I think Dan drafted him. Yeah. Dan drafted him. <laughs> it was one of our original Dan love you, man. We miss you. Uh, Dan drafted him, uh, back in Madden 13 and he did not continue in the league with us because we all got PlayStation fours and he was not in a place where he wanted to do that. Yeah. But um, he he was fun to play with and um, loved his Broncos and his John Elway. Yeah, I, I wonder how he's doing now. He got so mad when I would tell him that uh, that Brett Favre was a better quarterback than John Elway. Uh, and I bet some of you out there are grinning your teeth at me now if you're listening. But uh, I don't care. I don't care what you think. Brett Favre is the greatest quarterback to play the game. Uh, <laughs> Far forever. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I also would then go take it a step further, just to rile him up and talk about how Tim Tebow was the greatest Denver quarterback to ever play, <laughs> and he would he would get so angry about that. Obviously, I was joking. John Elway was the best Denver quarterback to ever play the game, but uh, but it was funny. That was a, we had good times. Yeah, that that was good. Um, so I guess back to the thing, uh, <laughs> uh, Mike, Michael Young, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hopeful, you know, like anytime that there's a change, hopefully you, you, you hope that the direction, I guess that's a big thing. Um, hopefully Michael Young will help out in that, not to be confused with the baseball player. Right. Um, or former baseball player. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's not the only change, though. I, I guess that there's a lot, lot of changes going on there um, with EA Tiburon. Uh, yeah, you know that are happening. Uh, I guess Carlos, um, and apparently uh, Tim is more popular than I am, <laughs> and forgot to mute his computer. <laughs> well, I don't think that'll show up on the recording, but my phone's going off at the same time. Um, but. Uh, uh, what I was saying, uh, Carlos, um, Carlos Guerrero, Guerrero, um, also sounds like a baseball player's name. He really does. I, yeah. I almost like every time I went to type his name in, I was like, am I thinking of the right person or am I thinking of a baseball player? I, I mean, yeah. No offense there. I just kept, I was kept second guessing myself. Was I mixing up his name with somebody else? But yeah, he's, he sounds like a, um, a sports guy to me. Yeah. You know, but 
And a lot of people were a lot of people were scared <laughs> about that, okay? Because he came from Blizzard. He's been working on WoW and he's yep. working on Overwatch and people that play those games are a bunch of nerds with their little pocket protectors, which is not true because we know that some of them are. Yeah, but that's some okay. Some of them are. Yeah, it's totally fine. But there's this fear that these guys weren't going that this guy wasn't going to have a sports pedigree or heritage or any type of fandom for the sport but one of the first things he said in an interview i watched he talked about i think you watched this too um there were only two things that were going to get him to leave blizzard and they were working on a star wars ip or working on madden football he talked about how much he loves playing madden football with his kids um Mm -hmm. he's a football fan and he's been playing madden probably for the last 30 years just like the rest of us have um so I think he's a fan of this game, and I think he understands the game of football. I think he understands the sport, but maybe he has a little bit more understanding of um, what video games need to do and how far they can reenact real life. Maybe what some of the limitations should be mm-hmm. that that maybe Rex was being more ambitious about, trying to make it feel more real. I, I'm I'm anxious. Um, I am one of those said nerds i have actually never played wow but um really i thought you did for some reason no i um i i, I was more of an eve online individual that um, seems nerdier uh, yeah it's There's like accounting involved a lot of a lot of math and i love <laughs> math but anyhow um <laughs> <laughs> and nothing against look you know i i'm a nerd at heart and i think i love that we're in a day and age where that stereotype is breaking yeah you still which see, i love you I, but the more i feel like that stereotype is broken the more i see it on twitter uh because everybody puts their crazy on twitter and says the most horrible things about people you yeah. know so yeah no i'm a nerd i play dungeons and dragons on tabletop with dice and stuff you know and i still have always been a big sports fan so those those worlds live they together. They can coexist, um, yeah. especially now. Like I think it's more accepted to to have that. But um, uh, back to the point. Um, <laughs> uh, I I play Overwatch. I guess socially, I never go through any of the, like the story stuff or like some people are into the story, but I'll play it. Um, I'm not a big PvP um, or player versus player type thing. You know, um, uh, match. Thing, but it's kind of fun you know like they do roles really well in that game yeah and they do updates really well in that game well i think that's the big thing that like, we need i mean there's the mechanics and all that kind of stuff they do very very well so hopefully that translates like so that that's where my hope is i guess coming from is is uh, having some experience in that and how smooth and and everything that uh it operates other when other than whenever you're in matchmaking but um but it's very smooth um but they have i think dedicated servers for that and that's a whole nother thing but anyhow but think think about it this way senior producer like producers he's he's got big pull yeah with ea there at tiburon and they brought him over because of his experience with games like overwatch Mm mm-hmm Maybe Carlos Guerrero is the guy that finally improves the Madden server issues because he understands how important it is to every aspect of the game. If you're playing CFM, you get the best experience by playing CFM in online mode because you get those game saves, you get the automatic saves. Um, 
you know, there's a lot that goes into that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're playing Mutt, then you're online. If you're mm-hmm. in the championship league, you're playing somebody online. Server issues is huge. And the more they put, the more focus they put on that PvP aspect of Madden and getting people excited about doing that, mm-hmm. the more that stuff becomes important. I mean, it's already important, but it becomes even bigger. Yeah. And they don't want these streamers out there playing these games and having them lag or having them get, um, you know, having the game drop in the middle of the of the game so maybe that's something that he brings and fights for and says we gotta improve this and and there again there's the hope um i do think it's interesting though that he's not over mutt uh if i if i'm reading and listening to everything correctly like he's not necessarily involved in that competitive portion or competition mutt He's, that kind of thing. He's not directing the competitive aspect of exactly. it. Exactly. So like but organizing it's a gameplay type. Yeah. Yeah. But the gameplay that goes on in mm-hmm. Mutt and, um, and setting up, like, the people that are setting up the challenges in Mutt and all the things yeah. in Mutt, they are all answering to him. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Carlos and, and Michael uh, in their new, uh, new roles. Uh, also, Glad to to see that Rex is a landing place. Uh, Clint also was kind of yes upped. Um, what what is his official title now? Um, I don't remember. It's something like um, it's kind of like head of gameplay. Okay. Like so, he is now. So Rex was creative director of gameplay, and so that was his big baby, and he became the face of the franchise. But kind of like we said earlier, there were actually more creative directors that worked at Tiburon, but Rex mm-hmm. kind of became the standout, kind of became the boss on that. Um, or at least it seemed like it. Um, and maybe that's why he didn't get as much as he wanted and why everybody put it on his shoulders from a community fan base. Because the fan base sees him as the face of the franchise, and he's in that room as a creative director, but Michael Young was a creative director, and he's in there pitching long shot mm-hmm. while... Uh, Rex is in there pitching whatever Rex is pitching. Because I remember there was something, this came out last year in interviews when Longshot was announced that Rex had actually wanted something else to be in the game. We still don't know what that was. He was, he was pretty verbal about it too, yeah. like in interviews and everything. He's like, hey, you know, that's the direction that they wanted to go. Yeah. And just silence, you know, kind yeah. of. And Well, he kind of took that high road and said it gives me yeah. another year to work on what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, yeah. So Clint is going to be then kind of head of gameplay, mm-hmm. but answering to my, I guess, I suppose answering to Michael Young as the creative director for the franchise. I guess, yeah. Answering then, and also to Carlos Carrero, who may be more hands-on than Sean Grady was. Sean Grady, the previous senior producer. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he was doing out there. I didn't even know he was the senior producer out there. Um, but he's moved on to NBA Live. And so he's now the producer for NBA Live. But Sean Grady had played a big part in bringing Guerrero to EA. He was a part of that talent search. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, that's pretty exciting. You know, like um, to kind of see some of that, and we'll see how it ends up turning out. You know, um, obviously uh, Clint ha- being a former offensive lineman and everything like that, he's. He's a big proponent of that. <laughs> he is. He's a big, um, yeah. He's so yeah. He's a big proponent of the authentic NFL gameplay. Mm-hmm. But I, so I, I really got the impression based on things that Rex has said and based on things I heard Carlos say in interviews that he and 
Carlos probably don't agree on how gameplay needs to be represented in yeah. the game. Because Carlos is very forward that the first, the biggest glaring issue for Madden is core gameplay. Mm-hmm. And when he says that, you can't help but think that Rex's heart hurts a little bit because that was supposed to be his big focus, that he was bringing authentic gameplay. But then Carlos went on to say, you know, you have to find the balance between the authenticity and the game feeling good in the player's hands. And some of the things that make this game not feel good might be because of that strive for that authenticity. So you want to have a really good, authentic-looking tackle in open Mm -hmm. space, which might be why it feels terrible when you go into that tackle animation and now nobody else can enter that animation. And if they do, they might interrupt the animation, which frees up the person getting tackled. Happened to me in my game. uh, I played my game last night. Yeah. Um, Granted, power back. So really good trucking, really good ability to stay on his feet, even though he's getting tackled, right? Yeah. One guy comes over. Safety also comes over at the same time. Pap. Spin move, not not user generated, but spin move by just the player animation, player. I don't know awareness. Uh, you know what, whatever. I don't know what plays in that. Boom! Fifty six yards later, I'm I'm on a touchdown. Like, I mean, just that was it. That was the last line of defense if the safety's coming over there. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. Like, it kind of caught me a little off guard, and I looked at the replay as they're doing the touchdown thing, and I'm like, well, there's one of those animation things. <laughs> exactly. So uh-huh. that might that might improve, but getting back to why I think I got on yeah. this topic is we're talking about Clint being that guy now who was kind of Rex's protege. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be a situation where he and Carlos start bumping heads, or is he going to say, I, I hear what you're saying, and even if I don't agree with it, we're going to go that direction and see if it improves the gameplay. And maybe you do that to improve the gameplay mm-hmm. while you try to figure out how to make it look more authentic while still feeling good to the to the player. Hopefully they could find, um, hopefully that dynamic there is actually a healthy one. Yeah, you know, and, I would hope and, so. And it, and it produces actually a better product as a result. So Exactly. Um, I, I guess uh, speaking of other... Uh, changes and everything (laughs) um this is uh uh he he, i guess he's been on the team since what february some somewhere around there i think officially Um, yeah um uh, i don't know if anybody's uh we've referenced him before as swami or moonlight or you know well it's moonlight swami so andre what is it uh pronounced uh, Weingartner, Garten. Sorry if I'm screwing it up. He's probably not going to listen to this anyhow, but... Oh, he might. Uh, he, he may. Might. Yeah, he, if, he get, if we, he may. <laughs> if we harass him enough, maybe he'll... Uh, I could give him a little bit more analysis of uh, Drew Locke or some other players if he would like as well, but um, that's actually the, the topic at hand here is, is that he's very active on Twitter and has been um, for, for some time as part of the community. Yep. Um, but he's now actually... Um, uh, what is his role? It's uh, associate creative designer, ratings assistant. Yeah, so he is impacting yeah. ratings. Um, so I think it's interesting. I, I uh, reached out to him on some stuff based on a tweet that he had, and uh, I've mentioned actually going past, you know, going back to our first kind of, you know episode that we ever had because it's it's a little less than a year 
um, uh, you know, my love for uh, Mizzou football, my fandom. Yeah. Um, we love we love our Mizzou football. <laughs> and so, therefore, obviously, following some players, and I've shared some stuff throughout the course of last season, that ups and downs. Yeah. There was a lot of downs there, um, and so I've kind of seen that. But a uh, big thing was is uh, a lot of people are you know they we we are all as probably our our as fans of either Madden or football we have some armchair scouting you know like wow, uh, we're all doing you know we, we we do that um i myself my background is i grew up around Mizzou football quite literally um from the time i could remember so those are the kind of things, and uh, you know, I took my dad to the Purdue game last year, which was horrendous, the worst game of the year. Oh man! Um, and I'm sitting there watching Purdue, not not having watched a whole lot of film on them. I'm like, they're going to do this, they're going to do this, and they're going to do this. And my dad is just looking at me after that; those exact things happen. You know, it, it's just kind of knowing football. You know, you, you, you got to get a feeling about that. But yeah. we also, as fanatics, um, I am not exclusive to this, but um, it also, whenever I have a rating of somebody, in this case it is Drew Locke, um, who decided not to go out this year. He could have got drafted. He could have. And potentially, you know, there was talk of him sneaking into the first round or or whatnot, if based on workouts and all those kinds of things, right? Interesting draft class, but he's also on, <laughs> uh, I, I think it was Bleacher Report, did their super early, or I forgot who it was, did a super early um, mock draft. And they had him going like number four to Miami. I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> For his sake, right? Um, well, it... Miami's like Cleveland of the South. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like the the hierarchy of the 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 management that yeah. that that was the only thing. And if you're a Miami fan, I do not mean that as a diss or anything like that. They I've actually they're on my short list for next year's Madden team. Mm-hmm. But number four, and the first thing. You know, like I would have to look back at, back at the tweets or whatnot, but the the biggest thing that a lot of armchair scouts are doing, and they're not professional scouts or anything, they're armchair scouts, is they're starting to compare him to this year's number seven pick, um, you know, Josh Allen. And I brought up the point that Josh Allen, he is not. I think those were my actually were words on one of the uh, the tweets and good job, Yoda. Uh, <laughs> basically, I mean, um, the, the main thing is is that I was able to have like this late night conversation. Like yeah. I literally had to just say, "Hey, thanks, man, for for you know, I'm tired." <laughs> basically, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, I tap out on that, but uh, uh, we, you know, I brought up some points and I didn't want to. I wanted to be respectful of Drew and, and, and everything and his family and the program having, you know, being around the program a little bit more. I have a little bit more insight than your average individual does, you sure. know, that kind of thing. I'm a season ticket holder. 
I'm from the area where his family lives. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. So you, you can hear things, you know, by people that you know who know family members. But the biggest thing that I kind of pointed out was is he's only technically played quarterback for the last two years. And technically, if you want to go back, actually, um, uh, Tim actually went to his first start with me. Yeah, yeah I was there South Carolina. They even said that they, they limited his field read as a true freshman to only half the field. Yeah. Well, Josh uh, Heupel, who is now at UFC, I mean UCF, UCF. sorry, um, his reads are only half the field. The yeah. route progression is only half the field. So he still hasn't even had to read a whole entire field. He didn't read safeties in high school, and so I brought that up. Yeah. That kind of thing. Like, these are things, you know, like Missouri high school football is not near what you have in Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and uh, California, Texas. I was going to say, you don't forget Te- yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah, Texas, Texas and Georgia. Georgia's up there now, almost even with right, Texas right. now, which is kind of scary. Like, if you travel through Georgia, you see the stadiums that you pretty much see in Texas now. Yeah. Uh, I experienced that last year, and I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, but um, it, it's just one of those things. Like, um, I, I brought out some insight that, obviously, scouts do homework on. Yeah. There's film on him from high school. They do the homework. He's making the same throws. He's actually probably got a better arm than he did in high school, which is imagine. scary. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest thing that pops off, and that's the reason why he gets compared to Josh Allen is because the guy can throw 80 yards in the air. Right. The thing is is that I feel is different having watched some – I never saw Josh Allen in person, but the accuracy downfield I've seen on a consistent basis uh, with Drew. He can throw it 60 to 70 yards in the air with accuracy. What he what he does need to work on is that short and intermediate, yeah, and also some reads of the safeties and stuff. Yeah. Um, there's some mental stuff that he's got to work on. But different coordinator this year, you know, comes from a little bit more pro style. Um, you know, he was teaching uh, Des Bryant for a couple of years down there um, in in Dallas, that kind of thing. Um, uh, in the form of Dooley. That kind of thing. Derek Dooley. Derek Dooley. But yeah. Anyhow, um, it, it was nice to kind of have a little bit of FaceTime with him and, and, and kind of hopefully offer something different. And I did mention, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to you. I'm going to see, you know, I'm going to get to see all these, these players this year in the SEC. I'm going to get to see quite a bit of, you know, uh, players. We I got to actually, Tim got to see Jared Stedham, who is potentially – uh, first round draft choice next year too you know so yeah. we'll get to see and and i hope uh i look forward to that dialogue um, yeah. but i was enjoying it that well, night so i don't know if you clarified this but the the tweet that kind of set that conversation in motion was uh, moonlight swami saying that drew lock was maybe at at best a fifth round pick yeah when everybody else is saying that he's a top tier quarterback 
And I know that he got it right when he said Baker Mayfield. Okay, he said Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback in the draft. He got drafted first. It doesn't make him the best quarterback in the draft. Yeah. And I'm like Moonlight Swami in that I like Baker Mayfield more mm-hmm. than I like the other quarterbacks. Um, but, uh, but you know, to, to go that far against Samald is, is a pretty – Oh, it's a pretty bold statement to make, right? Um, and so yeah. when somebody makes a bold statement like that, you kind of assume that they think they're smarter than everybody. But what we saw with that conversation was that that wasn't necessarily the case with, with Moonlight Swami or Andrew. Or I, I don't know. I'm always going to call him Moonlight Swami. but uh, Andre Weingarten? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Moonlight Swami. Yeah. Uh, I, that I was not the that. that was not the case with him, and as and and really we shouldn't have been surprised by that because it's kind of he's always been a bit humble. He's always been a bit about having open conversations yeah. and dialogue. It's really cool about it. And I even saw him say the other day on on Twitter in reference to something else, like people aren't always going to agree yeah. on this type of stuff, and it that's okay because yeah. we all have a different perspective as long as we're willing to have a civilized dialogue about it. And those are the type of people you want to see working at yeah. a game that you love and that you're trying to get feedback to. Yeah, obviously, it concerns me that he's doing player ratings and the player that we're really high on, he doesn't, you know, and that's a personal thing. That's not a yeah. professional thing. But um, I, my, Tim went into a little bit more depth, I guess. <laughs> well, you, you talked uh, about having this conversation. But, I thought it was yeah. important to give a um, perspective. But. Yeah, like um, those are the reasons why I went. And I was actually texting Tim some of this <laughs> stuff. Uh, and I was like, hey, did you see this? You know, that kind of thing. Um, because I thought that it would be intriguing. But yeah, the fifth round grade. But he also had some weird grades on, you know, some people who were drafted in the first and second round this year. Everybody, you know, the cool thing that I like about him is, is he, he's, you know, he's per- perfectly comfortable in his own skin with his opinion. Absolutely. But the cool thing is, is that whenever I brought up some stuff and I was like, hey, look into this, that kind of thing, you know, I was like, be- before you give a grade, and I know that he even mentioned, hey, this is, you know, his really early, you know, grade. Yeah. Well, why is he draft, you know, like, why is he in a mock draft? Why is Josh Allen in a mock draft for, you know, those kinds of things. Like, there's whys to that. There's a reason why Josh Allen went at number seven overall. Yeah. Uh, Do I believe Josh Allen is the best quarterback in this year's draft? No. That's a personal opinion. Baker Mayfield, pretty good. You know, like, there's some things there. But I like Lamar Jackson just as much as I like Baker Mayfield in some ways. Yeah. But it depends on how you cater to that in the NFL or in Madden. I, I got to wonder if um, if Joe Flacco likes Lamar Jackson as much as he likes Baker Mayfield right now. <laughs> I knew that you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Um, have they talked yet? I don't know. I don't no, know. That, that was the big thing is that Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson haven't talked yet. So he's kind of going that Roth, Roethlisberger route where he's like, I don't care who the backup quarterback is because I'm the guy here. It's my job. I'm going to... Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's just rumor meal, you know, stuff. Yeah. I have, who knows? <laughs> um, I'm not into that, that kind of thing. But um, <laughs> but anyhow, um, like, so to the other armchair quarterbacks, I being amongst them, um, that kind of thing, uh, not quarterbacks, but uh, armchair uh, scouts. scouts. 
um, you know, like, you know, just be open. Like, listen to somebody about that. They may know a little bit more than you do about that particular situation. Um, there may be a nugget. You know, I mean, Brett Favre <laughs> was a second-round pick, and if you look at his college stuff, how many picks did he throw? How many bad reads did he make? Yeah, I mean... Look at it. Yeah, no, I'd rather not because I, I think that he was perfect in all things that he did. But, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, um, you know, the, those kinds of things do happen. Um, you know, stats aren't everything. Um, somebody's off the field IQ is not always their on, on the field IQ. And sometimes it could be vice versa of that. True. <laughs> um, that kind of thing. You know, so... Um, Whenever you're, if you're reaching out there on Twitter to somebody or, or trying to give an opinion, because Twitter is the opinion capital of our universe, I guess, um, just try to do it whole, you know, like with an open heart. Um, and uh, I, I've been fortunate enough to kind of have a little bit of dialogue here and there. Tim has had some dialogue here and there with a couple of the other, you know, uh, Madden people. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. Yes, I am too. So, yeah, um, it's good. We as a community, I think, I think we have to get better at, at helping each other express our opinions and ideas and and finding unity in the community. I think there's a lot more unity than maybe people realize. I think there's a lot more unity than maybe Carlos Guerrero realizes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, as a community, we want to be unified and we want to be able to have the appropriate conversations, the appropriate feedback with guys like. Moonlight Swami, guys like Carlos Guerrero, guys like Clint Oldenburg, um, you know, yeah. having that conversation and, and being a community is okay. And uh, I think we are going to be seeing some changes in how that feedback looks. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I love the fact that Moonlight is still very active on Twitter, despite his yeah. role. And he talks about in fact, I don't think he doesn't even talk about Madden really. He talks about everything else. He does a lot of yeah, yeah. other stuff, but you know stuff that he's excited. You know, I, I you know I, I read this stuff. I'm like, oh okay, okay. yeah. You know, and he's at, he's done stuff like conversations around what what announcements have you seen that really excites you so far, and he'd go in there and he'll respond to people and be yeah. like, okay, well, what did you like about that? Well, why didn't you like that? And kind of have that conversation, which I think is really good. But I think Carlos Guerrero is going to be taking this team to a place where away from where Rex Dixon was, where there's the all this Twitter feedback and getting the feedback from places like Operation mm-hmm. Sports and maybe trying to centralize it more back with EA's own um, bulletin boards and uh, and trying to find tra- more transparency by yeah. utilizing things like dev blogs to really deep dive. Yet we get dev blogs from EA once a year. Yeah. Right? Carlos is talking about doing them more frequently and doing them on things that they don't think are going to be in the game for another two years or another three mm-hmm. years. So like that project Rex was working on, right? If he is working on that and he is talking about how he's working on that and he has the approval that that could someday be in Madden and he's sharing that with the community and getting feedback on that, that might change the direction that Madden goes. Maybe now people see, oh, uh, you know, the Madden community would prefer this thing that Rex was working on to the thing that Michael was working on with Longshot. Mm-hmm. Again, nothing is long shot. Long shot's great. This is all hypothetical. My, but my point being, trying to find that transparency, and you can't do that on Twitter. No, it's 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 uh, not a good form for right. that. It's it's an opinion based um, blog. 
and uh well, yeah it's an opinion-based blog and everything you say is like 240 characters at max which uh, is more than it used to be yeah, yeah it used to be 148 right something like that 140 uh, I, and, I don't know. and it always turned me off it turned me off because we talked about this at one of our other one of our early podcasts where the the devs said well you know put your opinion on operation sports it's a third party thing yeah like i i get it it's cool that you're you're looking at that bulletin board mm-hmm. and, and it's okay that we put our opinions out there but if i want to have real dialogue and real feedback with ea yeah. it should be something ea official don't you think yeah um i think it should be a little bit more official a little bit more organized you can kind of get lost in forms um, yes, you can. Forms can bring out the same thing that Twitter does. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, be respectful. There's you no know. characters to put more cuss words in there, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Just being and memes. memes. And memes. Memes. Memes, memes are of, good. Means of... Means of Kermit drinking his, uh, his little sip of tea. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So yeah, I think we're. I prefer Dos Equis. <laughs> I don't know. There's all kinds of memes that are going through my head right now. Um... <laughs> yeah, but those are those are the staffing changes that we've seen. Yeah, you know, we've seen Rex leave. We see Michael Young as the new creative director. Carlos Guerrero, the new senior producer. Sean Grady moved over to NBA Live. They hired people like Moonlight Swami. They mm-hmm. interviewed Deuce Douglas, who everybody in the community loves. Deuce Douglas. Go mm-hmm. check out the stuff he's doing on YouTube, by the way, right now where he spells out improvements for franchise. I love that he gets the nuance of it. It's not about like these big overhaul changes. It's the small things that yep. impact the immersion. And uh, I know Carlos has made comments about immersion too. He understands that immersion's important in a game like this. Um, but you kind of feel like they're going... I, I, I do feel like they're going the right direction with staffing. I think it's great that they're trying to get a, a better feel for the community. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's... It's not that Rex wasn't doing that or anything. It's not a reflection of that. It's just that, like, we're seeing this big... That's a lot of turnover, you know, like a flipping of positions and everything like that. You know, I I don't know if I've ever seen quite as much there on those higher-end Yeah, but when you think about it, Rex was doing it for six years. That's actually a pretty long time. The guy before him did it for about six or seven years. And Madden needs to take the next step. Right, it needs to take the next step, and the question becomes: the EA thinks that the next step requires this direction. Maybe mm-hmm. Rex wasn't part of that. Maybe Rex didn't feel like that was the right way to take it to the next step, and so they came to that mutual agreement to to break. Yeah. But I think there's a commitment to growth here with a lot of these changes from EA. Um, and I talked a little bit about that on our blog, um, on our website. So if you're listening, and you didn't know this. We do have a website. It's kind of the hub where we host our podcast. Primarily, we are a podcast, but we have some supplemental materials there, a mm-hmm. little blog. We did some reviews. We talked about, you did the great thing that, the, uh, about the draft, kind of breaking down the draft before the draft. Yeah, I was completely wrong on some of my stuff. But if you notice, look at where some of the stuff happened. Right. I got some of them right. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> or, or something similar happened. Yeah, like yeah. I knew Buffalo. I was like, man, they're going Josh Allen. It's yeah. just a matter of where they're going, who they're trading up with. Exactly. I was I was a little off on that, but yeah, you but know. that's us yeah. putting some of our stuff out there. I just finished a, a blog post uh, entitled "What Is Madden's New Direction," and a lot of it comes from interviews with these new staff individuals. And I kind of broke it down into three things. Um, the three things were, um, I think, 
if you hear what Carlos Guerrero is saying, the three things are quality gameplay, a balanced approach for all modes, and eventually having a live service model. That's mm-hmm. the direction that they're going. Now, for more details, go read the blog, obviously. And that's thenanoblitz.com. Very simple, thenanoblitz.com. You can also get links to that at our Twitter, at the Nanoblitz. You can tweet at us and tell us how silky smooth our voices are at Twitter, at the Nanoblitz. Only Tim's. Yeah. Mine's kind of in and out. and <laughs> Well. But I could try to do my radio voice and... I prefer Dorkasekis or something. I don't know. <laughs> not, um, not, not everybody can have this uh, yeah. voice. And a handsome beard. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or you can, uh, if you want to tell us how off point we are about our voices, then you can shoot us an in-depth conversation at detection at the nanoblitz.com. That's our email, detection at the nanoblitz.com. <laughs> uh, um, that's actually kind of, we, we've been somewhat bouncing around and segueing actually unintentionally, but uh-huh. I guess intentionally into kind of our next grouping of stuff, you know, our, our second segment, if you will, um, that kind of thing, you know, like we, we've been talking about changes and all those kinds of things because of the personnel and well, there's some changes hopefully on the horizon here. Yep. Well, I guess, there's been some that's been kind of confirmed, obviously. Right. Um, and, and as we go through, I guess, ju- through June 11th, um, there's going to be a lot of information with um, you know all the developer stuff coming out this week uh, out in Cali, uh-huh. I guess, um, that kind of thing. Um, big one, though, that we've been talking about is, is how a lot of the new staffing is looking at gameplay. Yeah, and, you know, with the uh, real player motion technology um, coming to the game. Right, which is something that already existed at EA. Um, it's coming to both NBA Live and Madden. Uh, it's already used in UFC and I believe in FIFA as well. Um, the idea about real player motion technology is that the movement is supposed to then look clean and contact look good. Um so yeah, it's it, the idea is to create that authentic to player movement mm-hmm. uh, and that authentic to player motion that plays into things like body type, body weight, um, speed attributes, what somebody this fast would look like uh, when they hit stride. Could also play into things like quarter individual quarterback arm mechanics, um, that type of thing. But it, it it creates a more authentic look, but also improves the or supposed to improve the contact from player to player as well. Mm-hmm. And you have a little bit more, I guess, hands-on being a fan of the UFC games, um, yeah. I, which I've never played. Um, to each I, his own. To each his I, own. I did enough punching whenever I was in martial arts as a, a youth <laughs> um, to not watch is, martial arts is... now. This but, is virtual punching, so it's different. Oh, virtually. <laughs> it's virtually the same. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> um, but I, I guess the main idea is, is, you know, like the stuff that I was talking about with that animation where, you know, a gang tackle, which I remember that being a big thing years and years and years ago for Madden, uh, being an introduction. But the gang tackle doesn't work right because That's, you have... It doesn't exist. Uh, well... They try, it, like, it tries, mm-hmm. 
at sometimes, you know, like two to three players, but then it just doesn't tackle because the physics aren't right. Yeah. And that's really what it's talking about is, is trying to make the physics better. Yeah. So it looks more natural, more smooth, and the reactions and interactions are, uh, yeah, they're just better. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to kind of see how that kind of rolls out. Um, I don't really care about the NBA Live stuff because... Well, I'm not going to play it. Yeah, 2K, 2K is... Personal opinions. Anyhow, uh, yeah. I'm not going to talk about 2K. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Um, any Anything... I, this is really more of your your expertise right now. I, I, I'm going to default wow. to that, I guess. But I, Well, I'm going to say that UFC 3 felt really good to me. Playing UFC and seeing how the players moved, you see a lot less sliding around on the mat, so a lot less like animation slides to set people up into the correct position. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels more organic um, when the way a player reacts when they get hit with a specific punch or kick feels really good and really organic. Um, you know, it the the contact in that game feels good it's i feel like you're getting to a place where when the hand hits the face like it feels realistic it looks the way it's supposed to it Mm -hmm. kind of looks the way um you would expect it to in real life and what i'm hoping that this will do is it'll be the same way when you know your linebacker goes to wrap up it will impact the trajectory of the running back yeah without triggering a animation 0.1 0.1 seconds before they even have contact. Oh, you mean is, an arm tackle that uh-huh. there was no arm? Uh, whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, like where your player starts to slow down before anybody touches you yeah. or um, you kind of get or you slide into a position. Um, you know, like it should keep it more honest and more real. It should. That's what. That's my, okay. that's my feeling. Um, so I'm hoping that that's what we're going to see there. The other big thing about this, though, is inter-studio tech sharing. So it's one thing to share from Madden to NBA Live, and they're both getting this technology this year, right? Mm-hmm. They're both at Tiburon. Oh, yeah. I don't think UFC's at Tiburon. It's not. that. I mean, they, they're just live and, um, and Madden. Right. That's it. And FIFA's not at Tiburon. And from what I understand, FIFA started using real motion technology as well. So I think what two years ago? Quite possibly, yeah. yeah. So the thing is, we're seeing, um, we are seeing, inner office technology from studio to studio that are under the EA umbrella, which is things that we've complained about on our show. Like, why are you not looking at what NHL is doing? Why are you not getting on the phone mm-hmm. with the guys at FIFA and talking to them about how they implement things in their game? Because they're they're doing some of those things maybe better than you're doing on Madden, and vice versa, right? You need to be able to talk to each other because you all work for the same company. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to sell all your games. And creating that consistent feel that makes it EA, I think that's important. Um, I think that's, I, I feel like that's important. Like, I, I like that there's a feeling that this is EA. Right now, that feeling is that it's, you know, it's EA because the game's inconsistent with everything else that EA is doing. <laughs> right? Microtransactions? Right, yeah. That's how you know it's EA, is you can go do microtransactions. So, um, I'm I'm really excited about how that could improve all of the games on their roster 
in the next couple of years mm-hmm. with these people sharing this technology. And, and this could really impact impacts <laughs> in, uh, in, in the Madden game. Hopefully we will see better tackling, better player animations, maybe less ragdoll physics, things like that. So that was one of the things that UFC 2 had was like when you would knock somebody out, they would go a lot more ragdoll. You don't, you're not seeing that as okay. much in UFC. It's That's not a big thing in UFC 3, at least in my experience. So I think that could, I think that could really improve the on-the-field impact from player to player. Okay, cool. Um, now, this is kind of... It's not necessarily the next thing on here, as I'm looking at our show notes, but it sure. kind of can intertwine to the gameplay, I think. Mm-hmm. At least... To a degree, I think, um, and I'm again a little speculation or a little just spitballing, I guess. Sure. Um, the kind of thing is is player archetypes and how they're gonna like. Is there gonna be a different kind of feel for a slot receiver that's a slippery guy? You know, um, you know, like, and this is kind of segueing into some of the the other changes that we're talking about. You know, like how. Uh, the archetypes and schemes and and those kinds of things kind of, well, how does that, again, affect gameplay? Not necessarily just motion, but, you know, the, the reaction of that defense or the interaction that that offensive or defensive player is having, you know, if they're a slot cover guy. Um, you know, like, we're they've already said it this week. Um, yes, that, they're, that they're bringing stuff like that. You know, player archetypes are a real thing, we hope. They kind of... It's still in this system, but it's not, like, the way that it will be in the system. Um, you know, like, where you have that slot corner, you know, like, maybe they're more proficient. You know, like a Tyron Matthew, who's yeah. actually a safety, but he comes up into the box and plays that slot yeah. guy on third downs or whatnot you know like how are we going to see that how are we going to see implementation on schemes like that and then also depth chart relation to that absolutely um so there was that deep dive dev blog that came out about mutt and that's where some of the um these player these weren't archetypes but these were additions to depth chart Mm -hmm. um, that they they touched on it briefly but so that's going to be more in a later thing um and that's something we were kind of hearing from different people, game changers and such. Uh, but they kind of compared it to the third down running back and having more things like that. Um, so the things that they put in there are the rush right slash left defensive end, rush defensive tackle, slot cornerback, sub linebacker, power halfback, and slot wide receiver. Um, so those will be assignable positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to your question, how does that execute? It, exactly like so it's it's kind of like a dual thing we're talking about that but we're also like okay well what's the execution going to be like like i'm i'm anxious because tim has referenced this many times is i like tricky guys yes. like i will get guys that are 60 rating but they do that one trick and they do it well like how does that work because that's a player archetype to me i've kind of been mismatched you know that but how is that going to work on that new interaction of the graphics and reaction engines and and then also how am i going to implement it 
Exactly. And then that, that brings the question, how do those archetypes play into these, these things? We don't know what any of the archetypes are going to be at this point, right? Um, you kind of have a quote-unquote archetype in the game already, you know? Um, it, yeah, quasi Yeah, it'll identify, well, this is a 4-3 speed linebacker. Or so this prototype is a prototype linebacker yeah. or player or, you know, man-to-man. Or, you know. Right. But what does that mean and how does that relay and so from the information we have here about player archetypes and schemes and game planning so having those additional depth chart spots is definitely going to help your schemes and game planning again we got to see the execution of it uh, but um, those archetypes are going are supposed to play a part of that as well and having players whose archetypes fit your schemes yeah. is supposed to yield some type of bonus to your team uh, or to that player also XP development is tied to archetypes in the game now yeah um, now we again we haven't seen it in action but this is what we're hearing from some of the game changers this is what it, it's kind of being referenced in some of the press release information which is why the game changers were able to talk a little bit about it um, but you look at that and you say okay well how does that impact so it sounds like and I got a lot of information from reading the press releases, but also there's a great video out there by Sports Gamers Online. Um, there's also a quick video out there from Sim, uh, Sim F Ball Critic, uh, one of the game changers, kind of talking about some of these changes and how they impact. But it looks like XP gets you skill points. And skill points, essentially, you put that skill point to your overall. Mm-hmm. So you've got an 87, let's say you've got an 87 corner whose archetype is run support. And again, I'm making that up. It's something that already exists in the game, right? So say that's it. So you give, he's he's an 87 overall, you get that XP bonus, you get that plus one to attribute. So now he's an 88 overall. And that then determines which of his skills level up. That's the way this is sounding to me, the way when I'm reading the press release and I'm hearing some of these game changers talk about it. So there's a couple things about that. Number one, I can see how that keeps that true to that player's play style. It makes you find players that have a play style that fits your style as opposed to finding somebody who doesn't and trying to make them fit your style. On the other hand, I like finding somebody who doesn't fit my style and developing them to fit my style or developing them to be more well-rounded as things go on. So if, if I'm looking at a guy who's, quote-unquote, a run-stop, or run support corner. He's probably going to have good press. He's probably going to be stronger. Um, and he's probably going to have good pursuit. Like those are the three attributes I currently associate with that type of quote unquote archetype in the current Madden system. Those aren't official archetypes. So if I add that plus one, what happens? Do I end up with a bonus to my tackle? I get, okay, a plus three to tackle. So my tackle just went from a 77 to an 80 and my pursuit went from an 89 to a 91 and my uh, press went from an 81 to an 83 with that but it doesn't give me any control to say yeah but I'd mm-hmm. like to I'd like to save XP and put that towards uh, maybe a more intangible thing like agility um, acceleration uh, maybe I want that corner to be my ball ca- to, ha- to have more better ball carrying I don't know because maybe they're fast enough to be a return man exactly yeah now we've talked before like Doing, doing XP to build somebody's speed is unrealistic in the game, right? Players might gain a little bit of speed over, you know, but 
primarily people lose steps, not gain them. Um, At least in the last what two to three three versions, speed is just yeah, it's too expensive. Yeah, um, but in real life, players don't necessarily get faster. Maybe what they yeah. do though is they build technique that gets them off the line faster. Exactly. You know, and there's a difference there. Um, so maybe we'll see a removal of some of that. Maybe we'll see a removal of the um, kind of some of that. I guess physical attributes like this guy's not going to get faster well maybe he could get faster if he lost weight but you can't lose weight in the game you can't have a eddie lacy contract where the guy's got to be under 220 pounds to get paid right um <laughs> so I, th- I believe it was 240 i'm just i'm just spitballing <laughs> here just... it's a <laughs> So again, it comes down to execution. Some people might look at that too and say, well, there's already a progression system in the game. Why are they yeah. working on that when the game's missing so much? Well, guess what? Progression's important to the game, and the yeah. progression system now isn't the best that it could be. So I don't mind them doing that. But how that ties into archetypes and how that ties into my scheme, all of that sounds really good because EA is saying this is going to give you more control over your, your scheme and your matchups on the field. But how... I, need, I want to see it so I can understand it so I can know if this is going to be something better. Because, you know, EA could come out and say, you know, oh, uh, we put the draft in Madden 19. Well, the draft already existed in Madden 19. Tell me how you've improved the draft. Yeah. You know, even like the real player motion technology, some of the stuff they used to describe that is stuff they used when they introduced us to the Ignite engine that went away three years later, four years later, right? Because um, that was... Uh, I think Ignite only lasted three years. Well, it lasted from Madden 25, which was actually Madden 14, through Madden 17. So it's like four titles, I think. Oh, yeah. But they, they had changed part of the Ignite. I don't... Yeah, they They did something else to the Ignite. To, exactly. Yeah. So just because you're telling me that it's in the game and it's going to improve that experience, I need to have more details, which we don't have yet, before I'm going to say, okay, this is great. On paper, though, it sounds good. It sounds good. Yeah. On paper. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see the implementation and execution mm-hmm. um, because as a uh, <laughs> analytics approach to my Madden playing, I guess... <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it's intriguing because maybe I can get a little bit more out of somebody again. Because the last, you know, couple versions, it's like, okay, well, you know, that sixty-six rated player can't meet that role quite the same way. You know, right. I have to build up certain things. You know, um, even if I really want them on my team, you know, yeah, and and which is to reality, you know, a sixty-six player isn't always going to be a starter out there right or or a slot corner or something well, like that but well hopefully what we see is like a 66 number one corner who's playing like the outside playing the the number one receiver like if they look at that more yeah. as a position as opposed to who's rated the best that's why they play out there yeah and now you look at it and say okay this guy would play as a 66 overall if he was out here on the number one corner exactly. but he's going to play as a 78 overall if he plays as the as a slot. As a slot. You know, because that's where his archetype... Exactly. His his skill set is, is, oh, he could press that guy. And then he can cover in a short burst there 
uh, you know, for your slants and, you, you know, your screens or whatnot there, that kind of thing. Right. Right. So, again, we kind of got to see what that looks like. Um, now, another addition. Now, this is an addition. This is one of those um, additions that used to be in the game, although it looked different when it used to be in the game. Is it a new addition? <laughs> oh. Uh, Thanks, Bobby. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's an old man joke, I guess. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you completely derailed me at this point. Uh, no, but this this is one of those features, and we've all made fun of EA for doing this, for taking something out of the game and then bringing it back years later and saying, look at this new shiny thing we gave you. Yeah. And that is custom draft classes are back in the game. Yeah, which existed before. Yeah, kind of was already there. Now, yeah. now correct me if I'm wrong though. So I used to I used to do the NCAA to Madden. Mm-hmm. There was not a way to edit it once I imported it into Madden though, was there? No, you had to edit it before. And like it had to be edited in NCAA, and the only mm-hmm. way to edit that was by edit was by editing it before you exported it, like through the game. Exactly. And once you exported it, one of the things that I always frustrated always frustrated about NCAA is not every player that exited got brought over. Exactly. Um, so, so it was in the game, but was there ever a true? Because I never touched it. Was there ever a true editing of draft classes for franchise mode in Madden? Um, I think I'm going to defer to you on this one <laughs> a little bit here because I have my own, I, I guess, opinion. And I, I want to see if it kind of shared that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'll let you go first on that. Okay. Well, people seem to think that it was in the game, but... I don't think it was in the game the way it looks now. And so what we understand, I think what we understand right now about the roster share, the roster, excuse me, the draft class editing is that you can create a draft class mm-hmm. and import it into your Madden. You can do that with a bunch of those. Um, you can, you kind of got edited as a file and then once it's imported, it's imported. Mm-hmm. Um, you can supposedly share it with other people and there, you can go out and get them from other people. What that's going to look like again? How easy is that going to be? I don't know. I mean, Two K's got a system for that. I know that we reference Two K, but they do have a system for that. Right, and it's a good system. Is EA going to do something good though? That's the question. You know, do I need to know the person to get that thing from them, yeah. or is it going to be a site where you upload it and you go search for it? You know, how does that work? Um, that's what we're going to have to see to see how it impacts the game. Here's the thing about custom draft classes that. I'm always unsure about. So I, cause I've, I have played around with it a little bit on NBA 2K. The problem I already have, I, I always have with it is as the commissioner, as the person who edited the roster, yeah. I know who is what I no longer need to scout these guys to really understand whether or not they're good, unless I'm being, um, you know, trying to be fair and balanced and play it realistic and play it sim as best I can. Yeah. But I'm going to know, who the gyms are. I'm going to know who I need to be looking for in that draft and who I, or where who I not to, or who not to and where I need to draft somebody to get them before say Nate gets them because I'm the one who saw that stuff. And then let's say I <laughs> import them. That's always the goal. Get it before Nate gets that guy. Um, 
say I import it, say it's on Operation Sports has something out there, or yeah. Sports Gamer Online has something out there, and you okay, I can go draft this. Somewhere there's a spreadsheet that tells me all of those ratings. Oh, yeah. So anybody in my league, if they know that that's where we got it from, anybody in our league can go get those ratings and use that as their scouting as opposed to actually scouting in the game. So for me, it breaks the immersion a bit. Like, it's supposed to add to the immersion because... The idea is, and what you and I would want to see happen, is we want to see Drew Locke come into the next draft. Yeah, I right. I definitely want to see that because I would draft him. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so so you want to see that. We want to see that yeah. realism. We want to see those co- college players coming in. Um, I was listening to a, a podcast last night or the night before. A couple guys uh, were talking about it. was the uh, Madden Radio uh, show, I think is what it's called. And I'm sorry, guys, if you're listening to this, that I messed up. The, if I messed up the name of your show, but it was really good. It was really well, uh, really well thought out. Uh, but they kind of brought up the same point. Like mm-hmm. people can find those ratings, but they also mentioned, isn't that only rel- relevant then? If that's why you're doing it, isn't that only relevant for the first three seasons? Because once you get past there, you don't. Ha- are people looking at high school? Or, or, I mean. Scouts are, but are gamers yeah. going to go out there and start trying to figure out who the next blue chips are going to be for the next 10 years? You, you just can't do it because those people yeah. are, are 12 right now, right? So you just can't. Wait, wait, you don't. <laughs> I'm, yeah, just, no, I'm not going to yeah, even yeah. say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it really only plays in for like three years. You know, They, they yeah. talk too about doing things with like Hall of Fame players and bringing Hall of Fame players back into the draft, but that doesn't eh. fit a CFM sim mode yeah, style. Yeah, it, it just doesn't, yeah. That breaks immersion too, and they mentioned that. So I'm kind of in the same boat as them on that. It's really cool. I think it should be there for standalone franchise. Yeah. But for our CFM, you're trying to create an even playing field. Does this fit in creating an uh, even playing field? Um, <laughs> I guess I'll answer. Um, I if you're talking about like our league, our franchise league, mm-hmm. doesn't fit. No, and which which is heartbreaking because as much as I would love to be able to draft Drew Locke, I know as one of well, Tim's our commissioner. I try to help out. I'm yeah, not not much of a help. I made you co-commissioner for <clears throat> you know when I can't do something. Basically, I I'm notorious, and Tim could say this for I draft some pretty decent players who end up being building blocks. Yes, this is true. And my worry as you know, they'll be like, well, but you know the you know the draft class, and and I love all the people. That I work with uh, um, in, in our group, right? Um, especially one that is my wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been um, meaning to say it seems like you love her more than the rest of us, and I'm just not sure that's fair, Nate. <laughs> See, that's 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 what I have to deal with. Um, but no, it, it's 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 like we're a pretty tight knit group. Um, we've been doing this uh, other than Jason. We've been doing this for years, mm-hmm. but I just don't want. I don't want that possibility. I don't want somebody to not like my decision to draft somebody because of of something like that. So I'm not going to do it. You know, like I just, yeah. um, I would try to, 
if somebody wanted to do that, I would try to take my hands out, but I would just say, hey, make sure that you have this player because I'm going to draft that person, you know, <laughs> like or something like that. And they, I think they would have an understanding of that. But um, I'd also give away, I guess, part of my draft there. I, I wouldn't go all Mike, Mike Ditka on anything, but, <laughs> you know, it, it's just one of those things, like, in a personal level, like which I don't do a, a personal franchise anymore. No. I I do it to test out before we start our franchise, but then after that, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah done. You know, I I go through a simulated draft, kind of saying, okay, well, this is how the computer's going to try to draft this year. Um, in this year's version, you know, it's not going to try to draft three tight ends in a row anymore. Um, yeah. For the Rams, well, they they didn't do that this last year though. Yeah, but yeah. but the year before that they did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they they did fix that algorithm. But, but as we pointed out in a previous exactly. show, it didn't pay attention to who they maybe had signed in free agency. Exactly, and so, um, the the main thing is is that like I think the implement it's great to have there, but as far like the checks and balances within a league would have to be phenomenal. And to a to a scale that our small little group, you know, like that's a full thirty two team league, I think. Yes, it is. Um, who who does that checks and balances, and right. we just don't. I don't want to take the time to do well, that. We're trying to enjoy it as well. You know, some, exactly. Some people really enjoy it doing a thirty two team league where they go through multiple weeks uh, weeks in, in a single regular week, um, and that is totally fine. That's totally cool. We don't have lives like that where we feel we're capable of doing that. We don't feel like yeah. it, it allows us to enjoy the game the way we want to enjoy the game. And we try to keep our rules sparse to try to help everybody enjoy playing the game. But if, if we were to do something as commissioners that made people not trust that, that made us feel, made them feel like we were taking advantage of that system. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to put them in that situation. I don't want to be in that yeah. situation. Now, something occurred to me though, while we were talking about this, um, archetypes might impact scouting and drafting exactly to make it more diverse so that we're not all targeting the same players based off their overall for that position but instead what we need in our system mm-hmm. plays bigger for us as a bigger need mm-hmm. than necessarily just getting a corner we need a slot corner um, that's my biggest priority right we we have a guy like uh, Denzel Ward who's drafted number four overall in the real NFL draft because yeah. he can play a hell of a slot. Yeah. That's a big thing in the NFL right now. you got to have a slot guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, an undersized corner getting drafted right. number four overall. Yeah. But so that's – yeah, but so that was going Sorry. back to archetypes. But, but, yeah, it's an archetype thing. But, so. but that's kind of cool. Um and then I would have I would really struggle I really struggle with these custom draft classes trusting again it's kind of like you said yeah you know if Moonlight Swami goes out and makes a custom draft class I'm, he's not going to make lock the way you would make lock he's going to make him a fifth rounder right exactly <laughs> uh, I, I, that's that's respectful I'm right. just laughing about it so you have to trust that the person that made this has this has a quality football mind and has a football mind that you would agree with yeah um, otherwise you may not enjoy it as much. I, I, that's where, like, some of the rosters that I think, like, 
you know, Tim and I have both played 2K, which we mention all the time. But 2, <laughs> 2K, NBA 2K, like the community support for draft classes, because it does do those, you know, there's usually one group of individuals. They're now grouping themselves and trying to do it together, it looks like. Um, rather than just one person carrying that load, is they'll have three draft classes for that particular loadout, um, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And you know, so I, I do some of my own homework, saying, okay, which which draft class is really best for me? Which one's a little bit more real to life? Right. That kind of thing. And and then that's what I choose before we start. You know, before I start the the franchise mode on that or my GM. I guess whatever that's what they call it. Yeah, whatever it's called at this point. But that's another thing. Is is like, how is somebody going to pump out a real draft class? Yes. <laughs> in the first two weeks of Madden. Yeah. Being, you know, like Baker Mayfield was Heisman this year. You know, but so much happens. Like, there's so much happens that you know, like. Scouting is just one of those weird things. There's late risers all the time. Right. And so how are they going to account for that? Because it's a human thing. And so there's a, there's going to be a lot of error in it. Yeah. So. Well, I think the one of the big things about this too, though, is it does show that they're listening to the community. Um, whether we use it or not, it's one of the biggest requested mm-hmm. things by the community, and they said we could do it. So we're yeah. going to do it. And they put it back in the game or put it in the game for the first time, but looking different than it did previously. I don't know how to, how to describe that. I don't remember ever doing this in Madden ever. I, I did. Okay. Um, I took, I would export from NCAA well, to Madden. I export it's from years NCAA to Madden, but I, I don't remember ever having the ability to edit existing draft classes or create my own draft class other than to pull it from NCAA. I just pulled it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which they don't have an NCAA to pull from. So, so you, you got to make one. Well, that's a whole other thing. Right. That we're not going to get into. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of tough. Um, I, yeah, I, it's something I don't think that we'll use as a franchise, as a CFM. Yeah, maybe we can gauge the, gauge the other players in the league and say, hi, is this something you'd want to do? What checks and balances would you want to place if we were to do it? And go from there um, and see what they say. But we're already looking at changing a few of our rules this year to, um, as it is around trades and yeah um, and that. So you, you, we, we kind of are taking the approach. We make rules when we need to make them. But uh, we're trying to create parity around the league. Uh, if any of you commissioners out there have any suggestions for that, please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on that. So the last thing though here that I had written on this on our list of new features to talk about um, was the I didn't really look at a lot of the a lot of the mutt information, but it looks like mutt squads can now play against the computer. Um, I think we both thought mutt squads looked cool when it came out, but um, it it was PvP. And as you said, like that's I, not I'm us. not a PvP person. Yeah, yeah, I mean even the games that I do play, like that's. I have to be in the right mood, you know, to play PvP. Right. But if we can do a challenge against the computer and we get, say, me, you, and Jake, or me, you, and Sarita, or it's you, Jake, and, and um, 
Jason. Chad or Jason well, nobody's going to know Chad, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, any combination of us. He's going to want to be quarterback, and, yeah. <laughs> and then they're going to complain that he's throwing picks. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> Stop throwing it downfield, Chad. Uh, I'm wide open. <laughs> Do your check down, yeah. Chad. Yeah. Check down. Yeah. But John Ross is John Ross is double covered over there. <laughs> but if we can do that against the computer, that might actually make us feel comfortable enough. Yeah. Or maybe we do go try a three on three. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. Um, so it, it's cool, yes. But as a whole, I don't care about Mutt. I don't care yeah. what they're doing in Mutt. I'm just not concerned about yeah. it. I like that note. It actually says on my notes. Uh, I don't care about Mutt. Yeah, this is what I wrote down in the show notes. I, um, I, I didn't write that in my notes, but <laughs> um, but yeah, like Mutt is just to each their own. It's just something I don't do. Um, I'm more about the real rosters right now, um, and then possibly future players and stuff like that, um, and building a team rather than the legacy players or having players like that don't belong on those teams, you know, like, I, I don't know. There's some, uh, there's some good reality to it and everything that I enjoy, but, um, I just, yeah, it's just not for me. Um, to each their own. To each their own. Um, so yeah, yeah. If, if you like Mutt, go enjoy that. Have, have a blast. I, I would probably, you know, as a social experiment, I would probably, you know, say, okay, well, let's let's try to schedule it and see how it is. See if we have fun against the computer or something like that. But, you know, a lot of people like to do their own things. Um, and uh, I like to do my own thing. I'm a, I'm a lone wolf. You're a lonely loner. Yeah. Walking down a lonely road alone. Yeah. <laughs> With a horse no, with no name. What? Wrong song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that's that's the stuff here that we're seeing. Um, one of the things I didn't put in the notes here, but I thought would be interesting to talk about was, uh, very briefly, was the release date. Yeah. It is going to be August 10th. So I always remember it coming out around that time in the past, but these last couple of years it's been coming out later in August. Um, any thoughts about about that? Um, I think it comes out on the 7th for pre-order or whatnot, um, and the 10th, which is three days later, um, to the general public. Um, yeah, get the product in my hand a little earlier. I'm okay with it. I'm okay you know, with it, like, too. I love football. So, um, with our league already dwindling down, I, I guess, you know, and it's because we're in our fourth season, and it, it's just right around the corner, essentially, you know, and I feel like as I'm playing my my games this year, I'm like, eh. I didn't even play my last Yusha game. I simmed it. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, ah, you could just play it if you want. Um because of timing and schedules and stuff like that. But, um, it, you know, like if it was the first season, it would be completely different, right? Cause yeah. it's a new game. Um, and so we all get excited for that next big thing. I think, um, getting that into our hands, maybe we'd get to actually like 
play around with it a little bit more um, before we start our C- CFM. Um, right. We, we've had to do that in the past because of necessity, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, being glitchy and stuff like that. But, um, uh, you know, get it into our hands. Um, also, maybe that helps with the, the team draft. So you can get it into your hands and then kind of decide, okay, well, I want to do this with a team or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, there's some pluses to it. Like, it does not hurt anything at all by having it earlier. No, I agree. I agree. And then we, we take that time to kind of lab and figure out what our teams, what teams we want, who we want to use. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we're ready to go, we'll have some updated rosters from the preseason and we'll be good. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm glad it's coming out earlier. Yeah, I, I <laughs> you know, I, I'm... I'm excited about that because that's when football really gears up anyhow in yeah. everybody, you know, training camps and, and, um, college football camps and stuff like that. They're going on yeah. already for a week to two weeks by the time Madden is going to come out this year. It, it was a whole month of football <laughs> before. So, yeah. um, so yeah, get, get it in my hands. I don't know who I'm going to be this year. Yeah, well, well, this next year. That yeah. might be a conversation for our next podcast, talking about how we're picking yeah. our next teams. But I got ideas, but yeah, well, I don't know. Big ideas. Uh, Big ideas. Yeah. So Madden, Madden depends on archetypes and schemes. Kind of does. Uh, Madden nineteen comes out August tenth. If you pre-order the Hall of Fame edition, you can get it August seventh. I believe it is. I, I may be wrong, but I, I believe that those are the dates in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. We've been able to talk about the information that we've had shared. There was actually a Mutt deep dev diary. We took out some information from that to talk about it, but only because it impacted CFM. And mm-hmm. we, otherwise, we didn't talk about that. That's the information that Madden dropped today, or this week. They actually dropped it yesterday. Um, the week of 6-4, so that's, I guess, this coming Monday. Mm-hmm. Sometime that week, Monday through Friday. It's three days from now. Three days from now. But it'll happen in that five-day range between, like, the 4th and the 8th. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to drop, a, looks like, a dev diary on gameplay. Talking about some of the gameplay changes and enhancements and how it's going to work. Um, and then the week of the 11th, so somewhere between the 11th and the 15th, mm-hmm. is going to be franchise. And I am pumped yeah. to see that. Like, yeah. they're, they're, they're actually trying to pump us up. A little bit this year about franchise yeah so um so it'll be interesting to see that and then uh, uh the week of 6 18 so from the 18th to the 22nd they're going to talk about presentation um the week of the 25th they're going to talk about graphics and then in july somewhere they're going to start re- releasing ratings mm-hmm. um, so that's the schedule that you have to look forward to Obviously, once we hear more about franchise, we'll want to start looking at recording another episode and having that conversation again. I guess we'll probably be looking at, you know, we might be doing it after all of this information comes out. So yeah, it'll probably be a couple weeks at the earliest before we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we've got we've got that coming on. So I'm excited to see what they're going to say with franchise. Of course, in between the gameplay and franchise conversations is EA Play. So it looks like those are going to be topics at EA Play. Um, We'll see. But um, there was a lot of speculation around what they were going to do at EA Play or E3 or whatever it's, whatever you want to refer to it as. It's all the same thing. Um, it's in Southern California. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, uh, we're not going to talk about it. I know I put it out there on Twitter, the, the whole 
itinerary that came out just to see if people thought it was fake or not. But yeah, you know, that that got the kibosh really quickly as well um, from a lot of the team members. Ah, yeah, so, kind yeah. of. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, so that's that's something I'm, I'm looking forward to see if any of it is true, um, but it's probably not. Okay. Awesome. Well, um, that's about an hour and a half of uh, my hot air, and uh, and Tim's awesome air. My silky smooth air. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> sounded really wrong. Um, <laughs> unless you're Chad in it, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of Chad, um, uh, play your game, Chad. Yeah, Chad, play your All game. Right. Well, thanks for listening again, guys.